0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished author and someone who's done a lot in life, Dr. Barbara Fluke. Uh, Barbara, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Uh, Barbara is the author of a book titled, The Mobility Moves Minds, and she's also the founding member of Women H2H. So today, Barbara, let's talk about your book. Tell me about the book and what motivated you to write it?
1: Well, the book, in fact, is a, I call it a testimonial, right? Mm -hmm. Because I started 2018 Mm -hmm. um, to look into resilience. So it was when I quit a corporate life to start my own business, right? Um, so being a senior person, actually, and starting, let's say, more, um, let's say, in a later period of, of, of my life, right? Um I wanted to know uh, and look into mobility from various different angles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, this is why I started uh, Mobility Moves Minds because I was writing and researching and consulting mobility beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, and it's um, it's a book, it's a testimonial, it's also a deliverable mm-hmm. because um, I work with more than 20 contributors um, from four continents.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and this is actually, yeah, it, it, it went to life in 2021. So two and a half years later. Oh, wonderful. And when did you, when was the book released? It was released actually uh, in stages in summer. So this summer, because I published it in German, but also in parallel in English. That's
0: wonderful. Yeah. And is the book available on Amazon and other platforms?
1: yes it is available uh, on amazon and various other online retailers Mm -hmm. and the point is to mention here when you get the book so you get it in print when you order it but uh, in parallel so included in the print there is a digital version as well okay uh, an interactive version with material to download with video and interview testimonials as well
0: yeah fascinating so Coming back to your book, how do you define the word mobility?
1: Well, mobility, what you what you see from um, from the cover um, has these three dots, right? It's for me physical, digital, and mental mobility. And mm-hmm. what I like to read is um, the dedication, um, how I came up with this three-tier mobility. Oh. And I think that explains very well what mobility is to me. Mm -hmm. So it's dedicated to the ones who ingeniously encounter the beauty of resisting.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: To feed an ever-changing world with humanity, with soul, with intellect, with creativity, so that everyone is equally treated physically, digitally and mentally.
0: Mm.
1: So it's about to be free and it is a right to everyone.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. So in your book, you refer to... Uh, mental mobility, digital mobility and physical mobility. Help me understand these, maybe with an example.
1: Yes, let me give you an example of a mid-sized company that produces, for example, bicycles. Mm -hmm. Right. So we experienced it a lot here in Europe, that some parts of the bike actually are stuck somewhere in a warehouse uh, Mm -hmm. on another continent because of corona, because of ripple effects in the supply chain. So the company is physically not mobile because it cannot deliver um, to its customers and clients, Mm -hmm. right? uh, The product. If it's being digitally mobile, Mm -hmm. it would enhance for the waiting time, but also in between digital services that accompany Mm -hmm. the bike Mm -hmm. that accompany, let's say the experience and the excitement. Mm -hmm. And what, what uh, is the connector uh, for companies, for managers, leaders, Mm-hmm. To look into the digital space uh, a bit differently than, let's say, video or online meetings. Right. Clients is the mental mobility. So mm. to be as creative as possible to look into obstacles, what happened in the past when you purely physically, mm. let's say, delivered your product, and what does it mean to add, let's say, even a profitable element through um, so the digital part, and that's this cognitive flexibility, how psychologists call. So that's an example of uh, like a mid-sized company. Okay.
0: Okay. And, you know, uh, again, when I was reading about the book, uh, there is a phrase or a comment there, experience the holistic mastermind resilience toolbox. Yeah. What does this mean? And what are the implications of this on leaders?
1: Well, a toolbox for me is when I look into um, my past as a consultant, as a a manager, as a Mm -hmm. leader, um, I always wanted to have like a ready-to-use daily daily toolbox mm-hmm. consisting of elements and assets mm-hmm. that everyone um, actually can consume but also use mm-hmm. based on what is just needed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It might be advice. It might be um, a physical, let's say, gamification enhanced tool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it is um, a set of various techniques and methods Mm-hmm. Uh, um, encapsulated, let's say, in ready-to-use, yeah, tools, assets, mm-hmm. um, always enhanced with creativity and gamification. That's very important for me.
0: So, so on. Give me an example of uh, a tool that uh, that you you have thought
1: of. Well, um, I have been actually um, already. Um, I mean, it's already in the market. It's called persona profiling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What it actually does is um, the term persona profiling comes from marketing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, and it looks into personas like you and me, right, mm-hmm. and our our listeners, like generation set or others,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, other kind of let's say customer groups. For me, that was not sufficient, so I looked into persona profiling to address the human mm-hmm. and the non-human customers and consumers Mm -hmm. of services and products Mm -hmm. and it's a card game Um, so it's a physical card game actually you can use instantly in a train Um, you can uh, work with it for an entire day Mm -hmm. Um, or you can do it to introduce and get to know better your business partner for the future Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also now digitally available so because I wanted to have this connect physical digital through this mental let's say uh, yeah mental mobility, you know, so persona profiling is one one element yeah fascinating yeah
0: and you know, again, when I was reading the summary of your book, you talk about the seven pillars of corporate resilience
1: yeah.
0: um, for our viewers and listeners, tell us about these seven pillars
1: well, to me, a corporation um, of any size, right being a startup or an international company. Um, I look at it like, like a house, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a home, physically and digital. So the seven elements are, the first thing is the golden circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We know that, um, of course, to look into the corporate strategy. The second element is the resilience management. So mm-hmm. to look into resilience as an asset of any company. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it requires, of course, an um, establishment, right? A little bit of a kind of establishment within the operational mm-hmm. model. The operational model is the third one. Then um, the ecosystems model. So what is your ecosystem you're selling into, you're advising, you're consulting? Mm-hmm. Um, where actually are is your ecosystems in, in, the, in the markets?
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fourth one. The fifth one is the operations model. So where everything comes together, um, where you look into um, how to market, how to sell. So the market model is um, actually comprising that uh, and determines, of course, the economic, Mm -hmm. the sustainable, but also the ethical values and operations.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And the last one, the seventh element, that's really brand new. It's a resilience membrane. Mm -hmm. I hope I pronounce it right. I, I call it like... you. Put on your gore jacket when mm-hmm. you go out, and it's raining, mm-hmm. and it protects you. Okay. And the resilience membrane uh, actually are everyone who work for the company. So mm-hmm. it's the staff. It's the one that have the notion that something is going wrong out mm-hmm. there, uh, and they help actually to protect the company um, and bring back these kind of insights from the markets. Yeah,
0: very interesting. So. You know, you must have done a lot of research about your book, and you must have spoken to many, many people. Give me an example of uh, some resilient leaders and corporates, and some which are not so resilient. And don't take names, but I'm sure that you you can give me examples and how are they different?
1: Well, when you look into resilient leaders, um, and I have a couple in mind, (laughs) they have a social skill. Hmm. Uh, they have a social skill, they listen, they observe, uh, mm-hmm. they discuss, and they consider also obstacles in advance. Right. Um, so um, they are also decisive. Right. And uh, resiliency does not necessarily mean that you do everything collaboratively in a group. Mm-hmm. But you make up your mind based on the wisdom and on the insights of the others, regardless mm-hmm. if you're in a hierarchical role above or under. Mm-hmm. A hierarchy doesn't doesn't um, doesn't actually take any role in that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then they are decisive, so they're looking into what needs to be done and they run the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they do it even they're physically not connected uh, with with the colleagues or with the staff. Mm-hmm. So um, they have this, um, I call it resilience sensing, mm. also what concerns the others and what actually makes them maybe not really being moving right now. Um, let's say that I might be they might be distracted. So mm. they have the social and the decisive skill. A not so resilient leader actually does not take into account the individual speed mm-hmm. of the staff members. Mm-hmm. Um I actually encountered that in my business life as well. So when you're too fast, you have um you see the trends already coming. Um but your manager doesn't want it because it's pushing him or her outside of the comfort zone. Right. Um then um you are uh, let's say you have to decide on your own. Mm. So the not so resilient leaders um Actually, leave decisions um, to the others. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. And uh, again, based on your research, mm-hmm. what is the impact of culture on resilience?
1: Well, that's a very, that's a very, that's a very interesting question because we discussed it uh, in the interviews I did over the two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Because I, I got from not so resilient leaders. Uh, um, the feedback that culture uh, differentiates resiliency. It cannot mm. be looked at it uh, as a as a global asset, mm. right? Uh, and honestly, um, culture flavors it. Uh, however, when you look into someone from the Philippines or Australia, excuse me, or India or mm. Costa Rica, Germany, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. The, the definition and the expectation and resiliency is very common. Mm-hmm. So culture flavors it um, based on, let's say, driven by the decisions mm. you take after looking into the resilience mode, but it does, not, it does not really, let's say, it does not really change what resiliency means. Mm. Uh, at the end, it's an individual skill. Uh, but the expectation is really is common across the globe. It's a it's a global asset. Yeah.
0: And uh, have you come across a situation where you've got a very resilient leader joining an organization which is culturally not so resilient?
1: Yes. <laughs> so what happens yeah, it,
0: there? Mayhem.
1: Um, the point is, um, I, I met a person um, that actually um, fits quite well into your description.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's a very traditional company. Um, and there's a question about what is my role? Mm. So that's, I think that's a key question I found very often when you look into change management mm. projects, but also startups, uh, because uh, when you are a startup um, and uh, you might not join a company, but you join an ecosystem. So like a traditional, let's say, predefined network of business Mm. partners, clients and customers. The question is very often, what is my role? Mm. And uh, do I fit right here? Mm. Yeah.
0: Fascinating. Uh, So moving on, uh, Barbara, what are the most important mobility qualities a CEO should have?
1: well to me it is about the the mental mobility the cognitive flexibility firsthand Mm -hmm. because um and uh, that comprises openness Mm -hmm. Uh, it comprises creativity Mm -hmm. um the social skills um living with obstacles um and even they are there and there will always be obstacles out there Mm -hmm. um, because we live in a world where incidents happen Mm -hmm. and from various different um, directions So to be decisive um, and allow um, your company as a leader, allow your company to look into this example Mm -hmm. from physical um, adding the digital mobility as well.
2: Mm.
1: So to look into products and look into services um, and um, also be open, invite your staff in. um, That's what the key skill for me and competences of a resilient leader Mm-hmm. Um, invite them in and um, and 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 turn it into what 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 I'm doing now are these resiliency workshops, but not uh, in a, in an emotional sense. Purely, really, in about what is a company strategy when you implement physical and digital mobility mm-hmm. through the aid of or the support of mental mobility. Yeah, amazing. Yeah.
0: My next question to you is again: when I was reading about you, it mm-hmm. is a Phrase which the, the comment create like an artist, solve like an engineer,
2: mm-hmm. act
0: like an entrepreneur. Help me understand because you know entrepreneur, engineer, artist, very very differing skill sets.
1: Yes, and that's about that's actually about me, right? Um, I'm an artist in my private life. I'm a painter, so um, an artist and the one who looks at the painting sees things differently. Mm -hmm. You encounter many different things forms shapes um a color um and you allow yourself to see differently than the one person that stands next to you for example Mm -hmm. in an exhibition
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and um, art opens minds um so um i'm running these art to be art to business art to be as well sessions Mm -hmm. um where we look into paintings and artworks and you don't have to be an artist, you don't have to be studied art, for example, it's really about seeing things differently and let your eyes wander. Mm. Uh, Because this is also how trend scouting actually works when when we look into the fashion industry, for example.
2: Right, right. Right. To let
1: your eyes wander. So that's the artist um, seeing things differently and being able to paint what you see and describe it in Mm. your color, in Mm. your forms, in your shapes. Um, Solve it like an engineer. um, I studied applied sciences, so I'm mm-hmm. not per se an, an, an engineer, yeah. but it, it's about looking into what are the ingredients
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you like to you like to bring to the table, because your client is asking this question about um, what I can do to sustain in the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is if my competitor, um, let's say, suddenly turns into a client mm-hmm. that might be an awkward thing. Even more um, challenging might be um, the solution for a supplier who turns into your competitor. So an engineer looks into what is the preferred state mm-hmm. at the end, right? What is the outcome you're, you're thriving for? Mm-hmm. And act like an entrepreneur is about being able to question everything. And to take into tech, um, yeah into account technologies as well, you have not worked before with, mm. and have this open mind. Uh, also um, to act, and not just talking. So really walk the talk, mm. and that's why these three facets are yeah are multidimensional. And um, at the end, it gives a good flow like a life cycle when mm. you look at it. Yeah,
0: fascinating. So I've got time for two more questions for you, Barbara. My next yeah. question is that as you were researching for your book, and as you were writing your book,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what were some of your challenges? And what were some of your learnings?
1: Well, the challenge was that, uh, actually, I started it in 2018. Mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, release it end of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, yeah, I was actually, there were two people that I wanted to publish uh, about mobility overall,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, but the one person, the other person quit, and I uh, and we also had discussions about the scope, and I wanted to have mobility move our minds.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so the challenge was um, to continue uh, on my own, mm-hmm. and uh, also to um, to allow me and accept uh, that I need more time. Mm-hmm. So it took me two and a half years and also to co-finance it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it also allow me um, to look into this different contributions I got from the ones that helped me to, to co-finance the book.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So companies, but also uh, individuals. Um, that was a challenge. What I also learned was um, my own resiliency level. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the one hand side, it's uh, it's good to see and hear all these different notions and voices about resiliency Mm -hmm. and I dived very much into also uh, uh, the personal stories of the contributors Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, so uh, I mean it's a business book right but uh, it it has this personality part as well from the Mm -hmm. individuals that are there and um, I got more and more interest that um, of individuals and Mm -hmm. leaders and companies that wanted to take part uh, it would have helped me with the co-financing, honestly, but I said no, because my energy level, I was then exhausted. I was exhausted because I, I dived so much into this resilience stories, but also the life cycle of the individuals. And this is why I actually um, decided to, to not have more than the ones you find there. So we have 17 life stories, uh, also including myself. And that was another... Learning from me that I write about myself because that's actually what I haven't done before.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so,
1: Yeah, and um, uh, the other challenge—it was a challenge, but also a learning—and it was it was a miracle. Um, mm-hmm. I, if we have time, uh, I just like to 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 cover it's that great. very yeah. briefly. Um, yeah. I encountered, as I said, I'm a painter, and I encountered a photographer from the fashion industry because I just stumbled over an exhibition in, mm. a, in, a, in a small town um, nearby here where I live. And I was really fascinated about the motives and about the person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we met for an interview. Um, and, um, and it didn't happen that she got um, a part or being part of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened actually based on the story I was writing for her, right? Uh, a story to tell. And, um, I suddenly found the entry, part the entry chapter I wanted to write about, and it's actually about my mother and my mm-hmm. family. Sorry, and uh, and that was very um, that was a lot of learning for me to really go into this um, right private matter, but also looking into the resiliency of people that actually weren't so lucky in the past, right. Mm -hmm. Um, to, to move to another city, um, to, to make something out of of their own living Mm -hmm. and deciding to leave the family because there is a dream to move into a city and not uh, staying, for example, in the village where she was uh, growing up and my father did the same thing. So Mm -hmm. he, he started very early with his studies, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and having the two small kids and, um, uh, yeah that was that was a lot of learning for me to to do that and also to do that in a sophisticated manner that it is that is not you know putting them into the spotlight because that's not what they want right yeah. but to really go look beyond um and and identify what it means um, to train resiliency for everyone who reads the books um about
0: it. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. And, Barbara, my last question to you, mm-hmm. and this is about the millennials and the Gen Zs
1: yeah.
0: people who are now inheriting the earth and hopefully will make the earth a better place than my generation is leaving them. Uh, how are millennials and the Gen Zs changing corporate leadership?
1: I think there are a couple of facets there, right? Um, I Believe that um, they're changing it by by acting like an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. because they are questioning um, and they are also, um, yeah, they're questioning the status quo. Mm-hmm. Right, the status quo of corporate leadership uh, that, to a certain extent, also um, has been grown over decades based. On best buddies uh, based on, um, on, uh, on a very well-deserved comfort zone, um, where the comfort zone these days actually needs to be needs to be looked at it uh, from a sustainable uh, and a diverse perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so they change uh, the corporate leadership by looking how they how they will influence with their own solutions uh, our society and um, and citizenship um because they will introduce um and you will introduce new solutions mm. um, offerings mm. regardless that there's a corporation and corporate leadership will will then learn from yeah. from generation set and millennials because they're suddenly sitting at the same table mm. physically or digitally or virtually mm. you know um because um because it gives a wow effect, and the corporate leader, who's a resilient leader, mm. is open minded to take in that into account. Um, to look not, but let's say to look at a millennial, not being a student or a learner or a kid mm. or a scholar, but being a contributor, being an eye opener, right? Being an artist, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Very, well said. Very well said. Barbara, we've not come to the end of our program. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you for telling me some such amazing things about your book, Mobility Moves Minds. I mean, I've learned so many different things. Thank you thank you for talking to me about the seven pillars of corporate resilience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I wish the book all success and I wish you all success. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity.